Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Malachi, 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 Malachi,
Mako Doil, Midogu, Ala Lala Coil, Ala Lala Coil, Ala Lala Alha Coil.
J.M. in the A.M. Aryeh Kunstler. Imeshkachich. Before that, Abish wrote with uh, Ani Mamin. You heard Pitchuli done by uh, Chaim David. Nice selection from Chaim David on that one. Yummy Loey before that with Mia Deer. And speaking of Mia Deer and speaking of Yummy Loey, uh, he was a part of the beautiful um, a wedding celebration last night. Mazal Tov to the Mursky and Lashinsky families. Adina and Yaakov were married last night out in uh, New Jersey. Special Mazal Tov to our friends Frida and Yogi Lashinsky. And Yummy Lowy was the centerpiece of a really great group of uh, musicians and performers um, who was sang on behalf of the Hassan and Kala and the beautiful event last night. So Yummy Lowy, yeshikach to you and... Uh, 
Uh, that was his Miadir here at JM and the AM. Aish before that was Shalom Aleichem. You heard of Olatzion, Yeshiva Boys uh, with that one. And from Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Thursday on this October the 22nd, day four in the month of Mar Cheshvan, the year 5781, Tuf Pei Aleph. 66 degrees here in New York with 94% humidity. Winds are calm, partly cloudy, a high temperature of 73. Then tonight, partly cloudy and a low of 63. Oh, 63, right? <laughs> uh, tomorrow, morning showers with a high temperature of uh, 66 degrees. Uh, what do we got? We've got um, 82 in Yerushalayim. We have, a broken, we have a broken machine here. That's what we got. 82 in Yerushalayim, 66 here in New York City. As we say good morning here at JM in the AM. Well, Jake Novak's going to join us about an hour from now. He's got a, a lot of interesting uh, tidbits of news. And as usual, great analysis as we stand. What is it now? 12 days before Election Day. I remember when it was 12 months. I remember when it was uh, 180 days. I remember when it was 30 days. Now it's 12 days away. Who knows what's going to happen? I'm at the wedding last night, and uh, a lot of people talking about the election, of course. Current events is always a uh, timely topic, as you uh, <laughs> as you would admit. And um, we're discussing all these different scenarios and different things to expect, and, and nobody knows. I mean, I, I, I get that. You know, last time around, everyone thought they knew, and everything that uh, everyone thought went the other way. I shouldn't say everybody. There were some, obviously, who thought Donald Trump would become president. But now it does seem like no, just nobody knows. Nobody has any idea what the story is here. So we shall see. Should be a very, very interesting next 12 days. Anyway, so Jake Novak's going to be with us. We'll talk about NCSY summer programs in the 8 o'clock hour with uh, David Cutler. He'll be with us. And, um, and oh, and Steve Adelsberg and uh, Ralph Rosenbaum are going to be on our telephone in the 8 o'clock hour. It'll be our, our opportunity to remind everybody about tonight's big event. Uh, open mic presented by the Nahum Single Network with... Uh, me hosting Steve Adelsberg in a program that is brought to you by Rosenbaum Financial Services, TaxCPA2.com. Thank you, Ralph. He'll join us later on. For the love of the game, inside baseball, Jews, and sports, the guest, former New York Yankee legend Ron Bloomberg, author of Designated Hebrew. That's happening tonight, beginning at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, that's right. If you want to experience both this and the uh, Erev Shabbos show with Mark Zamek, remember the Erev Shabbos show will be replayed in its entirety at 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Friday. Tonight's event for JMNAM and NSN supporters. So if you haven't yet supported us during the year 2020, please do so at fjbunity.org. And the event begins at 7.30 p.m. tonight on Zoom. Uh, the Zoom ID is 814-353-5064. 814-353-5064. The password is JM. AM, all lowercase, JM, AM. 7.30 tonight should be a lot of fun, and uh, I hope you had an opportunity to vote in the uh, What Should Steve Adelsberg Be Wearing to the Zoom event because there were three baseball uniforms that were being touted. Let's see what Twitter has to say so far. I think you have until 2 p.m., if I'm not mistaken, to... Um Let's see, where am I here? 
Twitter. Usually we have no problem finding Twitter. There we go. <laughs> so on Twitter, there's uh, if you go to uh, if you go to my post, um, which you'll see at Told Jewish Radio again at Told Jewish Radio. What uniform should Steve Adelsberg wear to the NSN Baseball Zoom Thursday night? Right now, fifty-six percent have the San Francisco. Seals, uh, uniform number five from the 1930s, 22% for the Minnesota minor league uniform, and 22% for the number 21 Milwaukee Brave uniform from the 1950s. So if you want to vote, it's at Tall Jewish Radio, at Tall Jewish Radio. You can also do it on Facebook. Um, in my most recent post, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel, you'll see the um, the choices, and you can just put your your choice into the comment section. Uh, and that will be the easiest way to get that done. More coming up. It's a Thursday. You know what that means? Full day on NSN and a great jam and broadcast. Here's Ari Goldwag. It's already good. 
זה סיפור על אדם כה נחמד שהיה כאן, מסתובב בין כולם, ובכל זאת לבד. כל חייו לא ביקש שום דבר, רק חייך, וקיבל
שמיים ייפתחו והתפילה יקבל אותה בתפארתו ובגדולתו הללו שמחה עוד יביא עלינו שמחה השמיים ייפתחו והתפילה יקבל אותה בתפארתו ובגדולתו הללו J.M. in the A.M. There we go. <laughs> I knew I'd find the microphone at some point. Um, Avi Peretz with Lo Nafsik. You heard Shimcha done by uh, Gershon Varoba. Avremo had Pashut Anashim. Baruchu. That was the Kol Noar Boys Choir. Ari Goldwag with Yeshli Hakol to open up that set. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSiegel.com and the NahumSiegel Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Uh, mazel Tov again to the Lashinsky and Mursky families. Beautiful wedding last night. Really beautiful. Adina and Yaakov, Mazel Tov to you. Special Mazel Tov to our friends Frida and Yogi Lashinsky. Oh, I want to toss in a special good morning to uh, my old friend Moshe Orlean. It was wonderful reuniting with him last night at the big Simcha. <clears throat> Actually, it was wonderful reuniting with a lot of great folks from the past. At the beautiful event. So Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Do you know someone in your family or at work who wants to explore more about our Jewish heritage? Suggest partnersintorah.org. 
or call 1-800-STUDY-42, 1-800-STUDY, the number four, and then the number two. Incorporate Torah study with a partner and enrich your life. Go to partnersintorah.org for all the information. Great idea to start off the year, Tufshin Pei Aleph, by the way. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at AlchemSingle.com, the AlchemSingle Network, and of course, the beloved NSN app. Jake Novak at the bottom of the hour will talk about uh, the upcoming election. Malcolm Honline tomorrow, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, will join us at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow morning for the weekly update. Make sure to be tuned in for that. Uh, that happens tomorrow morning. Uh, plus all the great features you'd expect on a Friday. Mark Zamek has an incredible Erev Shabbos show tonight. Starts at 7 p.m. for Parsha's Noach. It'll re- replay. It'll encore at um, 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. tomorrow. Also tonight we have our Zoom. We have our baseball Zoom with special guest Yankee legend Ron Bloomberg. I'll give you the details on that in the next few minutes here at JMM. Get set to write down the Zoom ID for tonight's big event. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday is next. We say Boker Tov from Jam Nam. Galitzal, Shah Stein, Zoraim Tovim, Kantalia Kohen, Imashakore Achshav. נקבע מותו של רוכב אופנוע כבן 50 שנפגע בתאונת דרכים בכביש אחת סמוך למחלף הראל. כתבנו יובל סגב מוסר כי המשטרה פתחה בחקירה. לקראת הסדרת היחסים עם סודן, משלחת של בכירים ישראלים ביקרה אתמול בחרטום בירת סודן, ובין המשתתפים נכח גם איש הצללים, המכונה מעוז, עוזרו של ראש המטה לביטחון לאומי מאיר בן שבת. במסגרת המשלחת יצאו גם בכירים ישראלים נוספים. כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרה וולברג שפרסמה את הפרטים לראשונה, מוסרת כי על פי גורמים מדיניים, ההכרזה על הסדרת היחסים צפויה בימים הקרובים. בחירה במשרד הבריאות הורשאה בקבלת שוחד והפרת אמונים במסגרת פרשת שחיתות בשירות המזון הארצי. כתבנו בן נצר. במסגרת הסדר טיעון בית המשפט המחוזי בתל אביב הרשיע את ויקטוריה שמיט, מנהלת תחנת ההסגר של משרד הבריאות בנמל אשדוד לשעבר, בקבלת שוחד מיבואני מזון. היא הורשעה שקיבלה טובות הנאה ומזומן בגובה מאות אלפי שקלים במשך כעשר שנים. לא הושגה הסכמה על עונשה. אבנר יצחקוב, זיכרונו לברכה, בן 72, הושפז במחלקת קורונה באסף הרופא, למרות שנעשו לו שלוש בדיקות קורונה שיצאו שליליות, ובדיקת נוגדנים שהוכיחה שלא חלה מעולם בנגיף. יצחקוב הוכנס תחילה למחלקת הקורונה בעקבות בדיקה חיובית שנעשתה לו בקליטתו בחדר המיון בבית החולים, אך משפחתו טענה כי הבדיקה הייתה לא אמינה. ביתו, טוב החורש, סיפרה ליניר קוזין בגלי צהל, דרשנו להיפרד ממנו בשעותיו האחרונות, אך לא אפשרו לנו. בדיקת הנוגדנים כמה ימים אחרי, באופן מפתיע יוצאת שלילית, זאת אומרת שהוא לא פיתח נוגדנים, טעות, פולס נגטיב. אז אמרנו, תקשיבו, תעבירו אותו למחלקה רגלה, תנו לנו להיפרד ממנו, הוא ביקש לא להישאר לבד. בסיבת הפטירה שכתבו, כתבו קוביד uh, 19. אח והרופא שטיפלו בו, שביצעו את ההחייאה וקבעו את מותו, אמרו לנו שהוא מת מדום לב. 
מהמרכז הרפואי שמיר אסף הרופא נמסר בתגובה, אנו משתתפים בצער המשפחה תוך שנעשו כל המאמצים להילחם על חייו של המטופל. הנפטר סבל ממחלת הקורונה הן בבדיקה החיובית שהגיעה והן בתמונה הקלינית. על פי הנחיות משרד הבריאות, ברגע שחולה נמצא חיובי והוא במצב קשה, הוא מוגדר כחולה קורונה ואין יכולת להעבירו למחלקות אחרות, גם אם הגיעו תוצאות שונות לאורך האשפוז לשון התגובה. נשיא לבנון מישל האון הטיל את מלאכת הרכבת הממשלה החדשה על ראש הממשלה לשעבר סעד חרירי. לפני כשנה חרירי החליט להתפטר מתפקידו כראש הממשלה ולפזר את ממשלתו בעקבות גל המחאות העממיות ההולך וגובר נגד השחיתות במדינה. מספר חברי הפרלמנט שהמליצו על חרירי להרכבת הממשלה היה הגבוה ביותר והוא ינסה להרכיב ממשלה ולזכות בכהונה שלישית בתפקיד. ידיעה שמסר כתב תחום הערבים, דורון קדוש. רוסיה ואיראן מכחישות את טענות בכירי המודיעין של ארצות הברית, לפיהן המדינות התערבו בבחירות האמריקניות. כתבת חדשות החוץ, מיכל גלנץ. הקרמלין דחה את האשמות המודיעין האמריקני כי מוסקבה וטהרן אספו מידע על מצביעים אמריקנים ואף ניסו להשפיע על הצבעתם. דובר הקרמלין מסר כי הטענות הללו מופרכות ובאיראן זימנו את שגריר שווייץ המייצג עבורם את עמדת ארצות הברית כדי למחות על הטענות. ראש הקהילה היהודית בבחריין, אברהים נונו, מספר לאמיר בר שלום בגלי צה"ל על ספר התורה העתיק שנבזז מבית הכנסת עם קום המדינה והוא שב לקהילה לגמרי במקרה. בית הכנסת נשרף והתורה נגנבה, מספר נונו. זמן רב לאחר מכן מישהו החזיר לנו את התורה הגנובה ושלחנו אותה לשימור בלונדון. בפברואר נחזיר את התורה לבית הכנסת שלנו. הרעיון המלא עם נונו מיד במשדר המיוחד לכבוד הקונגרס הציוני העולמי. חברת מקרקעי ישראל תשיב רצועת חוף באילת לציבור, כתבתנו עינב קרנר. בהסכם שחתמה עליו היום רשות מקרקעי ישראל תשיב חברת נמלי ישראל שטחים בהיקף של 235 דונם באילת לטובת פיתוח העיר. בין היתר השטח כולל גם שטחי חוף פעילים ברצועת החוף הדרומית. סך הכל יוחזרו לרשות הציבור כ-570 מטרים נוספים מהחופים המבוקשים והעמוסים ביותר באילת. מזג האוויר, עלייה קלה בטמפרטורות, אלה החדשות שעורך מאיר מרציאנו. עכשיו בגלי צה"ל, אמיר בר Surrounds me, they're less 
JM in the AM. A song I only know about because um, Mark Zomick, our music director, tossed it into a uh, really great folder of music for us. Yaakov Chesed with Ain Ode Milvado. Speaking of Mark Zomick, tonight is the uh, Erev Shabbos show. We do have the uh, baseball program going on through Zoom. The Erev Shabbos show is three hours tonight, beginning at 7 uh, p.m., then three hours tomorrow morning, beginning at 3 a.m., and three hours tomorrow morning, beginning at 10 a.m. So you have many opportunities to enjoy a, a wonderful presentation of the Arab Shabbos show, um, which again begins at 7 o'clock tonight. Now, tonight is an oldies theme. This is something that we mentioned yesterday on the air. I actually read to you the uh, actual description that Mark has for the show. Here it is. This week on a very special edition of the Arab Shabbos show presented by our friends at Kedem, uh, Mark will present an oldie show by special request in honor of the yard side on the 11th of Mar Cheshvan of Misu Shalach, the world's oldest person. Oldies from the rabbi's sons, Ruach, Mordechai ben David, Avram Fried, and many more will be featured. Also a great final hour. Let's see, candle lighting tomorrow we're going to announce is 5.43, so at about a quarter to uh, five. Uh, the final hour presented by Kedem. Is going to be a combination of a great music featuring Diaspora, Isaac B. Tone, Jep, and much, much more. So check it all out. Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos show tonight, tomorrow morning, and tomorrow morning. Kedem presentation of the final hour at about a quarter to five Eastern time tomorrow before Shabbos. Um, we are your soundtrack, as we say so often, of your Arab Shabbos. And Thursday and Friday, there is never an excuse to touch that dial. The only excuse you have to touch the dial tonight is that tonight... If you want to switch from our network to our Zoom account, you are welcome to do so as NSN presents Open Mic. Nahum Siegel, Steve Adelsberg, the love of the game, Inside Baseball, Jews, and Sports, brought to you by our uh, good friend Ralph Rosenbaum's firm, Rosenbaum Financial Services, TaxCPA2.com. It'll feature Yankee legend Ron Bloomberg, author of Designated Hebrew. It's tonight, 730 uh, Zoom ID 814, write this down so you could Zoom in at 730. 814-353-5064. 814-353-5064. The password is lowercase J-M-A-M. Simple as that. All right. And both um, uh, Ralph Rosenbaum and Steve Adelsberg are slated to join us this morning. In the 8 o'clock hour, 12 minutes after 7 o'clock, it's JM in the AM. Good morning. אבל אני מחייך לא דואג להמשך כי יש לי, יש לי אמונה לפעמים מרגישים שהחיים כל כך קשים מה יהיה עוד יום עוד שנה אבל אני מחייך לא דואג להמשך כי יש לי, יש לי אמונה אני
מכניסים כל הזמן, לא לבכות, הכל לטובה. אסור לך להתייאש, רק תמשיך לבקש, תשמור, תשמור את התקווה. תן חיוך בן אדם, יש ניסים כל הזמן, לא לבכות, הכל לטובה. אסור לך להתייאש, רק תמשיך לבקש, תשמור, תשמור את התקווה. Male, 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 male
J.M. in the A.M., uh, Shalom Aleichem, done by Effie Green. Benny Friedman had Mala Ani. Yaakov Shweki, Ma'amin Sim. 24 minutes after 7 o'clock. J.M. in the A.M. Thursday, this portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. And modern better for you, cla- uh, better for you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs. Plus other unique uh, plus other unique items as well. <laughs> Visit the website kosherdogs.net. Enjoy a ten percent discount with promo code radio. Kosherdogs.net and try A and H today. You'll be glad you did. More coming up. It's a JM in the AM uh, Thursday morning. A reminder that uh, tonight is the big Zoom event. Open mic. Nahum Siegel, Steve Adelsberg, Ron Bloomberg, former New York Yankee legend, is the special guest, author of Designated Hebrew. Thank you to Rosenbaum Financial Services for sponsoring the event, taxcpa2.com. Both Ralph Rosenbaum and Steve Adelsberg will join us in the 8 o'clock hour later on uh, this morning at JM in the AM.
קולות מהעבר לא חשים לי לעצור, אבל אני מוסיף בחושך לחתור, ושואל, מבקש בסופו של יום נפלט אל החוף, האדמה חומרתי אליה תאסוף. ואז אזעק ואצטדק ואספר, איך בחושך הזה הייתי חוטר, ושואל ומבקש וקוסר. Yishai Rebo with Shuli Rond. Unbelievable song, Ayeka, here at JMNAM. Thursday morning broadcast from my David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Harav Zevin of Yosef Alevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Basar of Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David... Oh, there we go. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. It says in Shoftim, V'oyavov, those that love Hashem, K'tseis Hashemesh B'gvurosov. They are like when the sun goes out with its strength. Why is it that those that love Hashem are compared to the sun that goes out with its strength? The Divrei Bina explains that the sun does not want to go out to light the world because there are people who bow down to the sun. But Hashem 
hits the Shemesh until it goes out and lights up the world for its inhabitants. Similarly, the Oave Hashem do not want the Nisyonos because they're afraid they might be Nikshal, they may stumble, just like we ask in Davening, Va'al Tevienu, do not bring us, Loli De Nisoyon, don't bring us to a challenge. But Hashem gives us the challenge, and we are happy that we have in our hands the proper tools to be victorious in the war of challenges, to go up Madregas because of the challenges that we meet each day. Nisoyon comes from the word Nes Lehis Noises, a banner to carry. The Mikhtabilio says, Why is it that we are mispalal every morning? Loli de Nisoyon, do not bring us to a challenge. It doesn't mean that a person should not have challenges in life. We grow from the challenges. They make us great. It allows us to ascend the madregas to spiritual rungs. However, we are davening that the Nisyonos should not be overwhelming for us. We also say, Vilim kalalai nafshi to those that curse me, let my soul be silent. The Iyun Tvila says that not only does a person's mouth have to be quiet from responding, but also the nefesh has to be silent inside, not to be nispoil, not to be afraid from all of the klolos, from any curses. That's why it says, V'nafshi Sidom, let my soul be silent, not upi Sidom. Let my mouth be silent. The Chavetz Chaim writes that happy is the person who has the trait of patience and tolerance. The person that develops it to such an extent that he has complete control over himself and doesn't feel anything when he's ashamed or insulted. The great Rabbi Avigdor Miller once said that a person has to have a thick skin not to be hurt when an insult is hurled at him, and not to be filled with pride when someone gives him a compliment. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning physic. Have a nice day. Jam in the AM, we're 12 days away from the election. Hard to believe, huh? I remember when it was 12 months away, but we're 12 days away from the election, and uh, the amazing political commentator and, Alice, and, and, and analyst, Jake Novak, at Jake Jake NY on Twitter, and who is uh, the host of Novak Now every single Monday at 11 a.m., which has been playing to critical acclaim every single week. He's with us live via telephone, talk about the latest regarding the upcoming contest between President Trump and former Vice President Biden. Jake Novak, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Obviously, uh, and 12 days ahead, so thank you. I'll tell you, it's it's hard to believe we finally got to this point, frankly, <laughs> after everything that's been going on. Can Is there any way, there any way? to, uh, and I don't know, we're getting a lot of feedback. Uh, if I don't know if you uh, have us on a certain type of mechanism over there. Uh, is there any way to um, to simply get to the core of the issue of why, unlike in previous elections, and I've been around for a while, so I think I could safely state this, unlike in previous elections, uh, the mainstream media 
is clearly trying to manipulate this one as much as possible. Number one, do you agree? And number two, why? Well, I do agree. And this has something to do with even before this presidency, although the Trump presidency took us over a a particular line here, but it was going in that direction for many years, which is people in journalism right now, especially in television journalism, but uh, but at the major newspapers, I think this isn't necessarily so true at the local news level and at smaller newspapers, but at big newspapers and and the major television networks, People are coming in as advocates. They're not coming in as journalists. Now, I'm still a person who does not believe that at any time there was any, any such thing as an unbiased reporter or person. That's just not humanly possible. Anyone who says that you can be unbiased is, is, doesn't understand human, human beings. Right. However, there was a level of fairness. There was a level of, I may not really like this other side, but I've got to have the same standards for the way that I report on both sides or on many different candidates. And just in the last week, we've seen how that's long been trashed. You know, we know that innuendo and anonymous source, no evidence stories about President Trump have been reported and put on headlines and made major news for, for four years now, whereas stories with much, with much, much more evidence behind them and much, much more people willing to go on the record against President Trump's opponents or anyone who isn't President Trump don't get reported. And, of course, they went the extra step of having, attempting to censor those stories, uh, stories about Joe Biden in the last few days. Of course, that's completely backfired, by the way, but it's still, <laughs> that's what we've seen. And there's just no denying this. And, you know, this is a very this is a very scary place we're going. And it's led by people like, there's a professor at NYU who's been the chairman of the journalism department in the past. He's still there. Who, you know, I used to teach part-time at NYU Journalism, and he used to tell the students in my presence, don't go into news if you, you know, who wants to go into news and be a referee and be like, you know, an unbiased or a middle-ground type person? Be, go and be an advocate. And unfortunately, what he's basically telling them and what a lot of people in journalism believe now is go into journalism with your conclusion already made and just go improve your conclusion by cherry picking or going after it. That's not journalism. That's advocacy. And I'm, I'm all for advocacy. It's just it shouldn't be uh, disguised as journalism. Uh, Jake Novak is with us. If, in fact, the former vice president benefited from deals with foreign countries or foreign governments or foreign entities, whether they be Russia, Ukraine, China, whoever it may be. Um, I would think that this should be a big story that's being reported by at least a number of networks. And I'm not saying all of them, and I'm certainly not saying that, you know, the ones we wouldn't expect would, uh, wouldn't ignore it are not going to ignore it, but some networks at least, and some newspapers, and that there would be some reporters that would bring this up, or some moderators that would bring this up when the vice former vice president is in front of them. Why have we seen so little of that? Well, this is what again. This is the most incredible level of of how this has got how how bad this has become. Uh, it started actually the, the attempts by journalists at major television networks and newspapers to work together to protect or help a particular candidate. And this is all documented. You know, if, you're, if your listeners don't believe me, please go and look up these terms I'm mentioning. You can find it on the Internet or, or, or elsewhere. But this started a, as a really – as opposed to just something they might say at a cocktail party, wink at each other, uh, intimate. This was actually started – this became a planned outright effort. In 2008, there was something called the Journo List, Journo List. There was an email list that was created by a couple of people at a number of different newspapers and television networks to help then-candidate Barack Obama overcome what they thought would be potentially 
damning stories about him, negative stories about him coming from, even from places that weren't necessarily right-wing news outlets. And they, and they all talked about how they were going to water down these stories, make sure that they agree that they wouldn't report on them. And I believe that there are still lists like this out there. That was broken up because somebody exposed it, and there are a lot of people. And by the way, almost everybody on that list is still working at journalism. Nobody questions their, their professionalism when it absolutely should be. And so, I, you, know, I, you know, this is not a conspiracy theory. This is very well documented, and I think there's been a very strong effort. However, Nahum, it's backfired. And by that I mean, it's, I think we know more about, more people are talking about this story, this particular Joe Biden story, which, by the way, if Joe Biden took even one penny from a foreign power or a foreign co- corporate corporation while he was vice president in return for access to him, he cannot be president of the United States. And I'm not saying he's going to lose. I'm not saying anything, really. I'm just saying he can't be president. I mean, he might win the election, and then they're going to have to. It's, he, can't, he can't effectively be president, and he really shouldn't even continue to run if this is true. And, of course, we're getting people who, <laughs> who are, you know, whether they're personally credible or not, they're too new in the public eye for us to know. But in the story that's in the New York Post today and the, and the Daily Mail in London has picked it up as well, we have someone who is you know, definitely a business partner of Hunter Biden. That's not refuted. And is definitely knows the details of these deals because he's described them personally. He was saying that the vice president at the time he was vice president did take money. So, again, you know, let's see if this is true, but it's, it, this is a credible this is a credible allegation from someone who knows the details. It's the uh, so front, anyway, yeah, I was gonna say it's a front, front page of the New York Post. If anybody wants to look it up, it's right there. Yeah. Now— I, you know, it's backfired because I saw something really interesting yesterday. There was a town hall type. It wasn't a town. It was a, it was a report on CBS News with Anthony Mason. And he's talking to a bunch of suburban uh, moms in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, a crucial state in the election. Mm-hmm. And he asked them, hey, what do you think about this Hunter Biden email story? Which, of course, is really a Joe Biden story. It's not just a Hunter Biden story. And you can tell by the way he's asking the question, he's expecting them either A, not to know much about it, or B, not to care. And this is two women who answered are very concerned about it. They talked about how it really bothers them. One woman says she thinks this is a tremendous scandal, and she's absolutely sure that you know the vice president is involved. And then the second woman says she's been concerned about it for years, about Hunter Biden. She says she still doesn't really know if she's going to vote for Trump, and she's really worried about him, too. But, I mean, it was almost laughable, because you could tell that they actually believe that their own mess doesn't stink sometimes. Now. I mean, they really think that they'd actually put a lid on this story. I think that They've done the opposite. Now you have people, middle-of-the-road, walk-of-life type of people who know about the story. They're talking about it. Whether it changes votes or not, you know me. I think that people make their decisions very early on in an election cycle. But this is, I think, a huge reason why the polls have tightened, because it's given people a little bit more courage or chizik or whatever you want to say to comment and say they're voting for Trump, whereas even a week ago, they would keep that a secret. If you believe that months ago the majority of Americans made their decision regarding this election, and we know you do, anybody who listens to your commentary knows that that you do, uh, then how do you explain the tightening of the election? How do you explain poll watching and seeing numbers fluctuate the way they do? A combination of two things. So first, my favorite little phrase is I like to call it the fake the cause. We decide who we're going to vote for pretty early on. Uh, the only two variables that remain up until around Election Day are whether we're going to say it publicly and what our justifications are going to be. And, and very often it's a fake because the real reason we don't vote for somebody, and it's all, all by the way, it's almost always a negative thing. Nine out of ten of us decide who we're not voting for as opposed to really voting for someone and really loving a guy or, or, or a woman who's going to run out. Because no woman has won, has won the election for president, so I don't have to sort of qualify that. But anyway, the point is, I think, I think so we, we decided that we, we've got to say something that everybody has at least heard of. 
And that's why this, this email story and this laptop story is trying to put a lid on it was so important for a lot of these people, because you want to be able to say, if you voted for Trump and you're worried that people are going to attack you, you want to be able to at least cite a story that everyone's heard of. And I think that it's pretty safe right now to say, yeah, this, this, this Hunter Biden laptop thing and Joe Biden taking money, I can't, I can't vote for him. I don't really love Trump, but I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to, so that's a pretty good fake because. But there's another reason I want to give a little bit, you know, your listeners a little bit more on that. Also, a lot of the pollsters have you know, they're not all deliberately trying to get stuff wrong. I don't really think that that's what's going on. They get better at, as the election goes along. It gets a little bit easier for them to find correct people. The, the voter registration rules get updated, you know, and that helps them find people. But at the same time, it's also it gets harder in a way because a lot of people register at the last minute. And if you've just registered, if you've gone to a Trump rally or a Biden event and you've just registered to vote, the pollsters won't find you. So if, if polls, it's a little bit of a mix. If polls come out for five swing states... Do you do you believe that they sit in the CNN office and, and say, you know, the two swing states that are that are stable for Biden, we're going to report on the others, we're going to ignore? Uh, well, here's a, here's another caveat to that. Remember, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, all those networks, they pay for pollsters. They 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 contract polling companies to do their polls, so they are very much financially tied towards promoting not only the polls that they've paid for. But not promoting polls that absolutely contradict the poll that they paid. Ah. Now, I will tell you an insider story. On the day after President Trump won the election, the day after Election Day in 2016, the very big head honcho at CNBC got on the conference call with all of us. His name is Mark Hoffman. And he said, and the first thing he said was, you know, as a business network, one of the things we really should be looking at is whether these polling companies are worth it anymore. Right. And remember, these polling companies don't just work during elections. They also do corporate research in off years. Right. You know, when they're not doing election polling, they're trying to tell Colgate whether their new toothpaste is worth it. Right. And I have to honestly tell you I'm very disappointed because his charge to us as a network and his charge to us as journalists at the time, I, I was at CNBC at the time, I don't think was taken up by my colleagues. I don't think my colleagues seriously listened to him and, and really looked into it, because if, if they had, they would have found a number of problems with polling today. Polling, I think, was incredibly accurate relative, you know, pretty much for a long time, but in this new world of cell phones and people moving around a little bit more and an active uh, effort by a lot of conservatives to not answer the phone when a pollster calls, thus you get a, a worse and worse sample, I think that really needs to be taken into account. It hasn't been taken into account, and shame on these people who continue to do their jobs and charge big money for what they must know are flawed surveys. Jake Novak is with us. All right, which leads to the two big questions. The first is, um, don't you agree on the subject of polls and exit polls? Don't you agree that, that certain research is so reliable, especially on Election Day itself, that for someone to conjecture that we're going to leave Election Day or somewhat close to midnight that night and not have a good idea of the winner is likely not going to be the scenario. Do you agree with that, or are you one of those people who feels that we may get to Wednesday or Thursday before we have a good indication of who won? I think it's looking more and more like we won't be in that um, in that terrible place of not knowing. Uh, now, that has a lot to do with court decisions, Malcolm. We've had a lot of court decisions in a number of states where they have capped the amount of time that, that mail-in votes can be received. That's going to be the big problem. If you have a state where you can send in your ballot up to three days after the election 
and still have it counted, then you're going to have a problem. Luckily for all of us looking for a resolution, it looks like only North Carolina is a state where three days after the election, if it's postmarked three days, your, your mail-in ballot will be counted. But, you know, even that isn't going to be so bad because we've had such a huge response in, in voter, in mail-in ballots already that I really think that they've tapped this out. Uh, I don't think that there, I mean, a, a huge 18-wheeler truck coming in with, with vote, you know, with mail-in ballots three days after the election is going to be very easily uh, labeled as, as, as phony. So I don't think that's going to happen. And I also think that, look, we've got a point, we're coming to a point now where we're also counting these, we're getting the totals on the vote-in ballots and the early in-person voting in a number of states. If you're interested in seeing how this election is going to be in the next few days, look at these numbers from Florida. Florida is posting every day from every county what the voter, you know, the mail-in ballot totals are and what the in-person early voting totals are. And they don't tell you who voted. They don't tell you Trump or Biden, but they'll tell you Republican or Democrat. And you can pretty much guess that they'll pretty much vote along party lines. And if the Democrats don't have a 200,000 or 220,000 vote edge by Election Day, the combined vote by mail, and in-person early voting, then they're not winning Florida. And I think that even by this weekend, in some cases even by tonight, but even by this weekend, we'll be able to tell whether they're going to hit that number. Very interesting. Exactly the opposite of what so many people thought in terms of the timing of this thing. Exactly. So, you know, listen, I have... you know, uh, your listeners, may, who especially people who listen to my show, they know I, I am a huge fan of the state of Ohio being the real bellwether for elections and more. But this election is a little bit different because the Biden people have told me that my sources in this campaign for a year have told me they're betting everything on Florida. Florida is everything. And if we get to Friday or Saturday or Sunday and they can see they're not going to hit that advantage that they need to have by Election Day in the early voting then you'll see it in their faces, Malcolm. You'll see it in the way they're talking. They will—they can still win without Florida mathematically. Right. Can but you, when you put everything into a state and you don't get it. It's, it's, it takes the air out of you. Yeah, yes or no, do you think Trump could win Minnesota? Yes. No, wow. I think it, and, 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 you know, I was, I, I was going to tell you, if you had asked me yesterday, I would have said toss-up. But yesterday we got the Senate poll out of Minnesota. There's a, there's a, there's a, a Democrat running, uh, the woman who took over for Al Franken, if those of you remember that scandal. She's running for a, 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 a full term in her own right. But she's an incumbent senator with all that power behind her. That race is a complete toss-up. The latest poll has her up only by one point, which means it's a toss-up. And if, that, if a Republican is out, you know, is going to win that Senate race or make it that close, then I think Trump could very well. I mean, if I really, right now, I would say he's going to win Minnesota. And that gives him a lot more electoral college uh, math, math, math you know, possibilities to win. Well, the electoral map is the key, and everybody, uh, <laughs> everybody's got an opinion about the electoral map and how it looks. How does the Novak electoral map look right now, 12 days before the election? I think it's going to be very similar to last time. By the way, it's very rare that you have a carbon copy election. So it won't be. So the first thing I want to tell you, listeners, is it won't be the same as last time. 306 Trump, 232 Hillary, or you know, in this case, 232 Biden. It's not going to be the exact same. I think, I think there's a very good chance that, that Donald Trump will lose one of the states that he won in 2016. I think the state that's most in danger for him is North Carolina, uh, possibly also Pennsylvania, but I think he's also going to pick up potentially Minnesota. I think he's got a good chance to win in New Hampshire. The only reason why he lost New Hampshire in 2016 is because busloads of people, literal busloads of people from Massachusetts illegally voted in New Hampshire. The governor of New Hampshire is a Republican who's going to make sure the buses don't come in this time. He's going to use COVID-19 as an excuse for that. <laughs> right. So that's another four that he's going to pick up. I think it's going to be similar in number, but the map will look a little bit different. So I still think that Donald Trump will get about 300 electoral college votes, and I think that 
Joe Biden's looking at around 240, something like that. And and that's going to be that. I so, don't think, you know, listen, I know that the polls have said otherwise, most of them have said that, but not the ones that were right. The polls that were right in 2016 have been saying what I'm saying right now. So I'm at a wedding last night, and in the span of a five-minute conversation, we have, you know, <laughs> Trump winning in the first 30 seconds and then Biden in the next 30. I mean, you know, like every, everyone is everyone is, is having difficulty predicting this. You are ready 12 days before the election to predict that he's going to win a second term, which means God knows how those who hate him, both media and, and radical uh, violent groups, are going to react to this election. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that the, that the one silver lining out of these horrible events this summer and the riots this summer will be that there will be more preparedness from, the, from law enforcement and, and, and people like that who will be more prepared for it this time. Also, maybe the, the, the folks who did it will be a little bit more tapped out. You know what's you know, going to happen, the, though? No, no I, agree, I agree with both those yeah. things, and I hope you're right. Yeah. Boy, boy, do I hope you're right, although it could happen over a span of days, not just on Election Day. Yeah. And I'm sorry for interrupting, sure. but what might be more frustrating, no. and obviously— we pray for everyone's safety first. But what might be more frustrating is you know what the accusations are going to be on Tuesday night if he wins. I mean, we're going to have to sit through, you know, the mainstream media letting us know how horrible we are, those who may have supported the president, mm-hmm. and how, you know, how racist this country is. And, and every issue that's completely irrelevant that they just, you know, that they just, you know, paint, uh, you know, paint the candidate with and paint the party with. Uh, in order to distract everybody from the real issues, we're, we're going to have to. They're going to be doubling down on all of that. We're going to have to sit through that, you know, ten times what we used to have to. Yes, and I think you know this. And by the way, you, you have just been, you know, summarized, which has always been the Achilles' heel of the new Democratic Party, starting with it's, you know, Barack Obama flirted with this, and her Hillary Clinton did, and of course the, the Biden folks have done as well. Listen, one of the rules of politics for uh, that everyone followed for a long time until, I guess, 12 years ago was you never attack the voters. You can be as nasty as you want about the other candidates, but you don't say the other side's voters are evil. You don't say the other side's voters are stupid. You don't say the other side's voters are cheaters. You just don't do that. You say that about the candidate. You say that about the, the campaign. You don't say that about the voters. And it backfires every time. Now, the only thing, it didn't backfire all that much on Barack Obama because when he said his famous line in 2008 that the other side is a bunch of people who are clinging to their Bibles and their religion and their guns, it actually was not reported until several months after he said it. It was a little audio recording. It didn't really get out as well. But think about the Mitt Romney, 47%, right. which he said. He basically, you know, that was a, it, it didn't, it wasn't, you know, he was already going to lose, but it was a really stupid thing for him to say. Right. Hillary Clinton, the basket of deplorables, and mm-hmm. Joe Biden called, saying that, you know, that, that, that I guess he said about 10 to 15 percent of the whole country is racist. He said it again last night, by the way. He came out with an audio message that he put on Twitter and social media and the Internet talking about how America has never been great. And, and, wh- how, and know, wh- we have a racist past. And what was more in, and what was more insulting, I would say, to not only uh, 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 black people, but I think to everybody when he said you're not black, if you don't vote Democratic. I, yeah. I, I thought that was insulting to the entire country, frankly. It was. But, you know, and so we're so polarized right now that it did, you know, that would immediately disqualify a candidate 30 years ago. But now you can sort of spring by. But I think it's one of the things that really hurts. I, I, I Listen, all those things you're saying are true. The fact is that you can't, this is like, listen, this is like living in Israel. Like, you know, is Israel going to 
do something and worry that the terrorists are going to get crazy about it and start right. a riot. Or you, you have to do what you have to do. If you oh, but, by, by the way, the bullies, by, by the way, yeah. I, I'm, I'm predicting riots no matter who wins. So it's not like you know, <laughs> I, I think right. it matters. You know what's going to happen at the polls, but uh, no matter right. who, but, you, um, you, you know, you, 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 you know, when, when hockey teams win the uh, NHL championship, <laughs> uh, their yeah. their people burn down the city. Also, so it's not just losers right. that burn down the city. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> I think, you know, listen, I'm hoping that this summer's violence will, will tap out some of that stuff and also give the police a little bit more logistical um, intelligence on how to stop it. Right. And, you know, but remember, but, but you should know, even though we're, we're taking this as a, as, a, as a given, it's still manufactured. Right. I, I remember the morning after Donald Trump won, even before that call at CNBC, a couple of guys walking in the street of Manhattan, I overheard their conversation. They were not Trump voters, and they were just talking about it. They were laughing about the result. They were like, oh, you know, this guy's fine. This was, and then a few days later, we're supposed to believe that the whole city was up in arms and wanting to burn the place down. Right. This is manufactured outrage. Most Americans, even in this highly political, angry state that we seem to be in, most Americans aren't on Twitter and Facebook all day getting angry. To have these, these, this stuff is is manufactured outrage, manufactured stuff, and let's see if they still you know want to want to do that. They really want to put all that stuff together. Remember, as soon as you you have a second term president in office, it's time to start working on finding a new candidate for both parties for twenty twenty four. So maybe they'll be a little bit more distracted this time because they've got to do that, and they can't just protest the president is going to be leaving anyway. Understood. Maybe that's the thing. Jake Novak on the Nahum Siegel Network, Mondays at 11 a.m. In 12 days, we'll know if you're right, Jake. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Have a great week. Thursday, appreciate that. Thursday morning broadcast. More coming up here at JMNAM. Don't forget, tonight is our big baseball event. Ron Bloomberg, the designated Hebrew, that's the name of his book, is going to be our special guest. And I hope that uh, you'll all join us. Uh, zoom in starting at 7.30 tonight for Open Mic. For the love of the game, inside baseball, Jews, and sports, New York Yankee legend Ron Bloomberg is our special guest. Zoom ID for tonight at 7.30. Zoom ID for tonight at 7.30 is uh, 814-353-5064. Again, that's 814-353-5064. The password is lowercase jmam. The password is lowercase jmam. And again, I hope you'll join us. And be part of the presentation tonight. Nissan Black is next. You're listening to JM in the AM. Avi de Levante and Nissan Black.
Shines bright, the free town ain't a fire in a world like this. So we pray for the city with a fire on our lips. You should lie in. We see all the other lands truly need thee. Whether or not an embassy, sympathetic empathy will bring us to a greater peace. Uh, Cause we're the glory of the east. God's greatest gift runs deeper than the sea. Love and justice and truth we preach. Even on a shorthand, we still reach. J.M. and the A.M. with Avi DeLevante and Nisim Black. Uh, tonight, 7.30 p.m., Ron Bloomberg is our special guest in a special edition of uh, Open Mic, presented by the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, starts at 7.30. Zoom ID is 814-353-5064, 814-353-5064. Password is lowercase J-M-A-M. Study Torah one-on-one with a mentor or partner chosen specifically for you. Call 1-800-STUDY-42, 1-800-STUDY, the number 4, and then the number 2, or log on to partnersintorah.org. Partnersintorah.org is going to be a life-changing experience for you. Partnersintorah.org. Org. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. And modern, better for you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net and try A&H today. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web at NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. AJA Carpool number 267 is reminding everybody to enjoy a slice of mobble cake this Shabbos. Get it? Mobble cake? Uh, Besides the animal crackers, rainbow cake, dove chocolates, and a bottle of Avram. Oh, Avram. Get it. Oh, wow, that's funny. Um, All right, there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, now Home Single Network app for Android and iPhone. More coming up at JM in the AM.
I've seen strangers raising flags, seen you dressed in ash and rags, seen them all turn around. Just like you, I hold my ground, but I stand quiet, I stand still. Like a rock throughout the ages I'm just a stone from your home I'm Jerusalem stone J.M. in the A.M. Yeah, I'm one of those people that's anxious to see the real Jerusalem stone up close and personal already. 
Uh, the person who's with us live via telephone would like to see the Jerusalem Stone, the real Jerusalem Stone, up close and personal already. That's eighth day at JM and the AM. Ari Goldwag had Take Me Home. Yeah, both I and the person on the phone would like to go home, the real home of the Jewish people. Mordechai Shapiro had Lee, and you heard Peace in the World from Avi de Levante and Nisim Black. Thursday morning broadcast, JM and the AM. I may not chant his name the way the NCS Wires do, but nonetheless, I am enthusiastically uh, pleased to welcome David Cutler, uh, the leader of all NCSY summer programs, to our airwaves for an important update. David Cutler, Shana Tova, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. How are you? Baruch Hashem. We are, uh, both you and I and thousands of others would like to be uh, looking at the real Jerusalem stone, would like to be in the real home of the Jewish people. And who knows, it's now October. We might be closer than we think, David. I hope at least. Bezrat Hashem. I, I, said, I don't like flying, and I've never wanted to get on a plane more in my life. Uh, <laughs> to get on, For me, I haven't been in Israel since last August, and uh, it feels like an eternity. So I've never wanted to see Jerusalem still more in my life. Oh, it's an eternity, all right. Uh, one of the messages that I received in advance of this conversation is that NCSY summer is full steam ahead. And boy, do I hope it stays that way between now and June of 2021. But you are operating... As are your, uh, as is your staff, and frankly, all the uh, leaders and uh, and um, and and youngsters out there, uh, you're operating as if uh, you are heading to Israel on time in the summer of 2021. Yeah, Baruch Hashem. What we've seen is that people are, you know, people really lost out this past summer. Obviously, it was it was a terrible time for everyone to have to sit home and not get their normal summer experience, and everyone. Everyone opened up their summer programs much earlier, and everybody is so hungry and so excited to go back on a summer program, and especially you know, going to Israel over the summer is a very special experience, and there are so many kids who didn't get to experience that, that transformative uh, summer in our homeland, and people are very hungry and very excited, and we are operating under you know, the assumption that we are going to be back to normal or as close to normal as possible in Hashem by the summer, so and, we're very excited. And some of the statistics prove it, because already over 1,000 uh, kids have signed up for NCSY summer programs, it's pretty remarkable for the month of October. So, yeah, thank God. You, you would think that it's still early, but again, on a normal year where we we have just started right around circus time, a little bit before uh, this year, we already started in the beginning of September. And again, the the response has been just like we thought. We really thought people were going to be very excited to get back on board, very very excited to latch onto something positive and to look forward to their summer experience even earlier. Um, that has definitely been the case. Uh, really and great. and you're heading toward at least two thousand. Uh, we're heading to Israel this summer. That's aside from the programs that go on outside of Israel, plus over 20 programs in total, and hopefully we'll be able to feature them on Monday, July the 19th from Israel, because Monday, July the 19th, you're already planning the big Yom CSY event, the one that was a little bit different in 2020, but hopefully the one that'll be uh, the way we're used to back uh, again in 2021. You also made a very important point at the beginning of this conversation. Uh, for many, it was a lost summer, and I don't mean to criticize the programs where kids ended up going, because uh, obviously a lot of them you know, jumped into action. Some of them, your programs, jumped into action to make sure that the kids would have something to do uh, of quality in 2020. But uh, obviously the Israel experience is one that's you know almost once in a lifetime uh, at this point. So there are a couple of grades that traditionally gravitate toward your programs en masse that really suffered, and one of them was last year's 10th graders. I was happy to see that you actually are thinking about them very seriously regarding the upcoming summer. 
Yeah, we really Baruch Hashem. We we knew that you know again, it's, it's camp is an exper- a special experience in general, and the summer is a very special experience. And going to Israel uh, really really is is almost a not a once in a lifetime, but certainly once in a teenager's uh, high right. school career. Right. And the fact that these tenth graders lost their summer, we knew that they were going to. Not only did we know they wanted it, but they needed it. It's been such a transformative experience and such a meaningful experience in their lives that we we really planned for each program to have an 11th grade track, um, and it's been wildly successful. The 11th graders have signed up uh, really in, in a big way, and, uh, and we're very excited for both the 10th graders and the 11th graders, and that's why... Now, the numbers are great, and the enthusiasm is really is really terrific. All right, and we'll talk about the early bird. We'll talk about the deadlines in a minute, plus, of course, the website we'll give everybody. But first, tell us about the Marcus Foundation and their expanded role in the summer of uh, 2021. So we've been working, Baruch Hashem, we've been very fortunate. We've been working now with the Marcus Foundation. They, they decided, Baruch Hashem, um, that they wanted to revolutionize teen travel to Israel. In 2019, approximately 3,000 teens traveled to Israel over the summer. Uh, and, and they really wanted to make sure that number grew, similar to a, a birthright-style fashion. And their their goal is to actually be at 9,000 by the end of 2025. So they wow. they created a program called Route One, and the Route One vouchers, depending on the program, uh, are either $1,000 or $3,000 for a teen to go to Israel. It's not need-based. Uh, it's really to encourage kids to, again, to spend their summer in Israel. And it's as long as the program is three weeks in Israel, there are, there are there are limited amount, and they are really Baruch Hashem flying off the shelf, and that's why we're we're announcing that by the end of this month, a large majority of our vouchers will be gone, if not all of them, uh, and therefore people do need to sign up by the end of October. The early bird deadline is October the thirty first. Uh, in general, the early bird deadline is October the thirty first. Summer.ncsy.org is the website. Again, that's summer.ncsy.org. If you have specific questions about the summer of 2021. It's a summer at ncsy.org, summer at ncsy.org. And of course, uh, in uh, David Cutler, NCSY summer program fashion, you're not letting this summer uh, 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 arrive without brand new programs uh, that are happening in Israel. Tell us about those. Yeah, so we expanded our offerings in Israel. It, was, it wasn't the summer for us to to add many programs, even though we do have an, a, a large roster of programs that we're we're really considering and excited to announce in 2022 now. But we're, <laughs> we, we added a couple programs in Israel, namely an Israel advocacy program. Uh, we really want, obviously, Israel gets a lot of bad press, and we have so many kids in Israel and then who go on to their college campuses and uh, need to be able to, to prepare to, to defend Israel and to love Israel. Uh, so we're working with the Stand With Us organization, God willing, and some others to make a really, really impressive Israel advocacy program in Israel this summer. I mean, they might even do something I shouldn't announce, but it, we're, we're working on going to Dubai. It's like it's like a really cool Woo! program uh, that hasn't been approved yet, but we're, we're working on it, and it's very cool. Um, that, so that's one program that we're offering in Israel. And then the other one is a Jewish arts and music program, which really there are a lot of kids out there. One thing we, we really pride ourselves on is diversity. So we have, we have kids who love to just go learn in Israel. We have kids who love to just tour the land of Israel. We have kids who have internships in Israel. And now under the Next, next Step uh, internship track, uh, we have the Israel Advocacy Program and now a Jewish Arts and Music tra- tra- track also for kids who really want to, want to pursue the arts and, and, and music in, in Israel and, and the different studios and the recording opportunities and the different, you know, really, really cool opportunities in Israel, but while still being inspired and traveling the land uh, and spending summer with NCSY. And they're both under the Next Step program. I'm assuming Next Step essentially is committed to just creating and, uh, and, and expanding as many programs as possible each year, right? 
Exactly. Next step is really about furthering your career, furthering your resume, furthering mm. your life. And so the first track they created was an internship program, which has been wildly successful, really excellent internships uh, in Israel and in every kind of field you can imagine. So they decided, let, let's try to expand this now and, and include Israel advocacy and Jewish arts and music. And we have several other tracks that are, that are really being considered for, for, for the following summer. And it's uh, just been a very wildly successful idea. To There's so many different kinds of kids. There's no just one. You know, we have boys that love to play sports. And we have boys that love to come and have an internship and work in a lab or, or work in a not-for-profit. Or So many different kinds of kids that come to Israel. And girls who love to have chesed, girls who love to learn, girls who love to travel the land of Israel. So we really pride ourselves on our diversity and the, the number of offerings we have for kids in Israel and Wait, everywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, if you care about your children's education and about their growth experience, especially in light of what we have been through for the last seven months, and especially in light of uh, a lost summer for many in 2020, uh, you have to consider the NCSY summer programs. Take a look at what they have to offer. The website is very active with uh, so many different uh, so many different features and pieces of information. Go to summer.ncsy.org, summer.ncsy.org. The early bird deadline expires on the 31st of October, which is just 10 days away. So get that done as soon as possible. So you get the early bird and you meet the deadline for the uh, Route 1 vouchers, as David Cutler explained. And uh, the list of programs is now really amazing. It's always been amazing, but every year it gets more and more. And COVID has not stopped NCSY from adding uh, more to their summer program, as you just heard David describe. So they are very, very optimistic at the NCSY summer office. They're moving full steam ahead, just like they did, by the way, in 2020. David, to your credit, um, it, every week of COVID... Uh, from March on, you reevaluated, and and if it was at all possible and realistic to consider programs still going to Israel, you kept them in motion until, of course, obviously uh, you had no, you had no choice but to cancel those plans. But I thought that was really a good attitude to keep everything going and everything active until the very last minute. Yeah, we really did. We really we really believe in what we do, and we really believe in the power of the summer and the power, especially in Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael, like we said, is, is really our sweet spot. We love, again, we love our programs in Baltimore on the Poconos um, and on the West Coast, and, and we really have beautiful programs here in the States, but, but Eretz Yisrael is a program that is a location that we want everyone to at least go through once in their high school career. So we did keep it open to the last possible moment. We ended up shifting to local programming, which was also very, very successful. Parents were very appreciative. Kids had a very meaningful, impactful summer here in the States in a, in a very safe way, uh, but really enjoyed it. Of course, it wasn't, it wasn't what they're used to. It wasn't you know, getting on a plane and really experiencing uh, going far away from, from their families and really enjoying themselves in, in a very transformative, yeah. you know, Holy Land experience. But it, it, was it was less very successful. It was less adventurous, but it was still very, very positive. Thank God. Very true. And and what we're what we're prepared. One thing that I do want to mention is that we're aware of the, of the situation. We, we're aware that COVID is still is still out there. We don't have a crystal ball. So what we did is we did make a new refund policy. Everyone gets full refunds until March first. Oh. So we're aware, we want everyone to sign up. Risk-free, really. There's nothing to worry about. God willing, as far as your your payments right now, everything is refundable till March 1st. So sign up by the early bird deadline. Get your applications in because there are some programs that are close to full. Believe it or not. Um, and again, the Route One vouchers, which are really again a thousand dollars or three thousand dollars off a program, is very significant. And they'll be mostly gone by the end of October. I like the March 1st date because if we don't know by March 1st, then. <laughs> 
fill in the blank. If we don't know by March first what the future brings, yeah, and, I mean, kind of uh, take even more head off, hair off my head. So we're not looking. <laughs> we don't want that to happen. <laughs> Summer.ncsy.org, everybody. That's the website. Very simple. Summer.ncsy.org. Yom NCSY is the day after Tisha B'av. Tisha B'av is Sunday. You'll have a lot of people, please God, at the Kotel for the Tisha B'av observance, and then literally the next night, it's going to be a night to celebrate. Yeah, we have, we have an unbelievable, I don't want to announce it. Now we'll announce it as we get closer to the okay. summer. But Yeoman CSY, what we have planned for that night is incredible. It's going to be a new location this year, uh, more convenient for everybody, and it's going to be just what we're doing that night is going to be really spectacular and special, and it'll be on the heels of Tisha B'Av, like you said. So we'll have God willing yeah. the Kumzits, like we always do at the Kotel, Bezorat Hashem. Uh, and then the next day will be just spectacular to uh, to enjoy Yoma and CSY together. What a change of mood and, uh, and an incredible experience that is. Let's let's all root for the vaccine. Let's all pray for it together, and let's get this thing going. And uh, NCSY is full steam ahead for the summer of 2021. Go to summer.ncsy.org. David Cutler, continue your amazing work, and let's hope for a big, big successful run-up too, and then eventually a big successful summer. Thank you, Nachum. Always a pleasure speaking to you. And uh, like you said, we're all praying for the vaccine, and Hashem should uh, should, should keep us all safe and healthy. And uh, we're looking forward to spending time with everybody, Bizarat Hashem, including yourself, Miriam, and the whole team in Israel this summer. Much appreciated. Yes, let us hope and pray that we could serve the one above in full capacity with our schools, our shuls, our summer programs, all the uh, all the things that we uh, that we pursue: academics, recreation. No matter what the category, let it all be for the sake of the one above and as uh, fulfilling a, a method as possible um, without this uh, dreaded COVID-19 over us. More coming up. You're listening to a Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM.
Yeah. 
Thursday morning with Shmuel Levi Uftuye. Mordechai ben David before that. Well, tonight's the night. Tonight is the night that NSN presents Open Mic. Nahum Siegel, Steve Adelsberg, the love of the game, inside baseball, Jews, and sports with former New York Yankees legend Ron Bloomberg, author of Designated Hebrew. Brought to you by Rosenbaum Financial Services, TaxCPA2.com, TaxCPA2.com. With us live via telephone, we have both. Ralph Rosenbaum and Steve Adelsberg for a final push, a final reminder why it's so vital to join us tonight. By the way, tonight at 7.30, the Zoom ID is 814-353-5064. 814-353-5064. The password is JMAM. Again, the password is JMAM. Ralph Rosenbaum, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Bokotov to all. Not only are you sponsoring tonight's event, I remind you, everybody in our audience, and I remind Steve Adelsberg that it was Ralph's suggestion that we bring Steve onto a Zoom call after all of these enlightening and in-depth discussions about baseball and sports and actually do a one-hour session together beginning tonight at 7.30. Then, of course, we added a special guest, but this is how it all started. Steve, you sort of owe Ralph a debt of gratitude that he, suge- is, that he suggested you, exp- you, expand your, you expand your horizons. Well, I have to tell you, Nachum, I got a call from the uh, debate from the presidential committee. They moved the debate till nine o'clock because of us. <laughs> yes, I know. They, weren't, they, they were afraid to go head to head with us. And then, and then, and then, someone, and, then, and then, someone comes up. Besides all the flack I'm getting of going head to head against my own network, but then someone says to me at a wedding last night, "You know, it's a really big giant game." I said, "Listen to me." Listen to me. You can't call a game with a team that's won one game a big giant. Even though I know they really could steal the division with a win against Philly, I get the whole thing. But I mean, come on, let's be. Let's be, you. You sat through many a giant game in Yankee Stadium. I mean, you know, this please, is this is not please, one of the big please, ones. Please. You know, I saw Earl Morrow pouring to Homer Jones. Okay, let's understand it. Exactly. This is a Keep everything you know I mean? in perspective. All right, so uh, Steve is obviously concerned about the schedule, folks, so we'll make sure to start at 7.30 and be out sometime between 8.30 and 9.00 so everybody can uh, start judging who they should be voting for uh, in the election. By the way, Ralph, you confirmed for me yesterday that you do remember walking through the field at Yankee Stadium in order to exit the ballpark. Yes, that is correct. I was up there, up in the bleachers, not the bleachers, up up in the grandstand somewhere, and all of a sudden I see these people walking out through the through the through the field. Yes, I do recall that. Unbelievable. I do recall that. 
So, Steve, 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 we fact-checked you, and look, you came you out on top. I know you would. I know you would, Malcolm. <laughs> I have to tell you, but, but let me ask Ralph something. That cleat just seat, yes. didn't it cost you 75 cents? Oh, that yeah. Was what, was, what was that seat, Ralph? It was, in those days, yeah, 75 or a dollar, dollar. Yeah, I, I'm going back. A, I got dollar and a quarter was a, a dollar and a quarter was, a bit, was, a, was the expensive seats in the grandstand. But the place well, was then, then, well, then I probably sat in the... Steve, I probably sat in the expensive seats in the grandstand. <laughs> you remember, guys, you re- I do, I, I, my parents were good to me. Here's a bucket of corn. Go have fun. I mean, I'll say it like that. He doesn't have the same stories you have, Steve. In terms of trying to own your, earn your own money for a ticket. What can I tell you? Um, so one second, one second. Let's get a perspective here. Uh, Steve, remind me, because I think we've already discussed it, and then I'll ask Ralph the same question. The year you went to your first Yankee game, that year would be? Trying to remember, it had to be in the. <sighs> Steve, do you I'm, know I'm, yours? I don't remember. I got mine. Yeah, I got my uh, what sixty-one. Is, You're what is sixty-one. The game was sixty-two. First wow. national game was sixty-two, and my father, my lover, Shalom, caught me a ball off the bat of Jim, Jim Hickman. Jim, I, I remember Jim Hickman. That, wow. that was we were. That was we caught the ball. I remember the we were sitting had good seats. The ball's coming down. And I'm and I'm hitting my mitt. So now I'm nine years old, and in the middle of the ball's coming down, and there's a towering fly ball. And I say to myself, I don't know how to catch. So I duck under the seat. My father gets the ball, and the ball, to, you know where the ball today is? Probably in the Atlantic Ocean, because two weeks later, I lost it down the store playing in the street. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> Ralph, is it possible you were in the stadium in the 1950s, or it definitely was 60 or later? It was before my, before my time. I remember going by myself probably 66. 768 ah. my parents my father might have taken me 64 65 but back in back in the 50s I was seven or eight I don't recall going I don't recall that at all so Ron Bloomberg for both of you is a really really good special guest for tonight tell the young people out there how amazing that era was of the 1970s well I have to tell you something and Ralph will tell me if I'm wrong or right here but he really is the bridge I mean he, yeah he, that's true he, he was in he was in spring training when Mantle. Mantle wasn't playing. Mantle retired already, but he, but he, but he came in. He came in a time when um, we were transitioning from a great team, a dynasty, yeah. to a really bad team. When we were craving new, for stars, to a new ownership, right? To a new ownership, and then he was in. He was there for the Bronx Zoo. We got to ask him tonight about the whole Steinbrenner thing. I wonder what his relationship yeah. was with the boss. It's the boys. I think it was okay. It's like you know. I think there's a lot of subtleties that they they didn't go for him because he was such a hype in a good way. The guy was a great hitter. Yeah, a really good. If he hitter. could, if he could have stayed injury free, a different career, as we said the other day, totally yes, different he, career. Yeah, but he was. But I think just listening to him and you know who he, he had, for those young people out there, young Yankee fans. You know who he was? He was Nick Johnson. Same type Nick of Johnson. thing. Yes, a lot yes, of potential, big swing, and always injured. That's what he yeah. was. For those of you who are wondering, uh, Ralph, well, what, well, Ralph, well, what do you well, what do you remember about the seventies? A great era in Yankee. Uh, in it Yankee. was a great. It was a great era, but it was it was. I recall it was Steinbrenner who said, "We've got to win. We got to win." Yeah. And, and yes, it was the Bronx Zoo. And yes, yes, the the, uh, the the trying to get ahead. Trying always making sure we're in, in first place. I'll uh, I'll uh, no offense. Let's compare it to uh, to 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 just now. If uh, it, it's very good, we're having this we're having this 
conversation with Ron Bloomberg during during the World Series when technically the Yankees should be in it. But yep. unfortunately, yep. they were not. So it's very good that we have Ron Bloomberg tonight talking about those days in the 70s when the, the boss was pushing, pushing, pushing to get to that to get to the final, uh, to get to that World Series event. And by the way, uh, I'm on the phone with two people who I am sure toyed with the idea of heading down for tonight's Game 3 if the Yankees were in it. Am I right, Steve? <laughs> no question. I'm hearing tickets on the lot again. It's a no-brainer. You, it's a no-brainer. Yes. Steve, I went one step further because when the Yankees were in it, I actually managed to get on to the website for the Texas Rangers to get seats, but dumb me forgot my or could not get on. There were too many people going on. I, I said, what was my MLB password to get on? So I unfortunately could not get on. Now, that would have been interesting if I had won. Would I still be there today? That's another story. Would I have gone <laughs> if the Yankees were not in it? So. Would, you, would you be in a Dodger Ray World Series? All right, everybody, tonight, join us. Steve Adelsberg will be there. Ralph Rosenbaum will be there. And Ron Bloomberg. The Yankee legend will be there tonight at 7.30. The Zoom ID is 814-353-5064, 814-353-5064. The password is JMAM, and uh, both Steve and Ralph have become uh, even more familiar with Bloomberg on a personal level in terms of his book because they've uh, both taken a look at the book, and he has a lot. By the way, can I tell both of you, and this is a really good preview for those who think we're only going to speak about sports tonight. Let me just tell both of you. I spoke to Ron Bloomberg on Tuesday, and you know what his greatest concern was? And this won't surprise either of you because now you know the type of Jew he is and how proud he is. His greatest concern while he's down there in Georgia was how his brothers and sisters are doing in Brooklyn, New York, with all the trouble that was going on between state government and our communities. Just the fact that he asked me about it I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's true. So we'll, I have to say it's we'll, true. We'll speak to him about that tonight and what it's like being a, being a Jewish icon. Because as I, I think I said this to Steve the other day, he was not one of those who hid his Judaism. He loved the bar mitzvah invitations. He loved seeing the from kids at the ballpark. And, uh, and and that's him, and that's one of the reasons why he's so beloved by the community and why you'll see that tonight on the Zoom he, call. He, he says that Sandy Koufax told him, wear your chai. Wear your chai around your neck. Right. And he said, and when he said Elliot Max came to the team, you know, when he came to the team, uh, he, was, he, had, he had either was converting or had converted, Elliot Max wore a chai. Right. You're right. It's like, you know, it's, it's like we have a second... Dr. Lamel over Sean once told the story about when Lieberman, he, he didn't tell the story, he gave a speech in Sacred Lake when Lieberman was the pre, was, running was running for vice president. president. And uh, he said, what's the difference? Sure, what's the difference between Lieberman? And we've had great Jewish advisors in government in, highest, in the highest echelons of all our life, from Mordechai, from Yosef, Mordechai, Israeli, Kissinger. I mean, he said, what's the difference here? He goes over and he discusses. He says, "I was at a dinner, and, you know, in the, in the three. He didn't tell us who there were. Three of the top economic minds in the seventies were at his table. One, all were Jewish, all were Jewish. You can imagine. He didn't say was. We'll figure it out. It was Greenspan, Rubin, and Wolfenson. And one of them, of course, married out of the out of the faith. Another one, was just say, didn't know anything about the religion." And the third was basically okay, but 
he wasn't interested in anything either. So he said, in fact, I think it was Ruben says to him, he holds a, a Bercon adventure on the table because it's a dinner, and he goes to Rabbi Lamb, tell me, are we going to say this whole book now? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so Rabbi Lamb says, well, what's the difference? He says, yes, these men never hit they were Jewish. That's cool. He's right. But what's Lieberman? Yare Elohim who. He yep. compared them to Yonah. Yep. And then the same thing with Bloomberg. It was never, when I'm growing up, we always knew this. We didn't have to, we never heard, hey, did you know Ronnie Bloomberg was Jewish? You know what I mean? You know, other players, oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's half Jewish. His mother was Jewish. His father cursed in Jewish. I don't know. A hundred percent. And I think people will certainly get that feeling tonight when we meet him uh, through our open mic session. Uh, Steve, thank. Oh, uh, last thing. I, I know it's got to be real quick. Y- you know which uniform? It's the the San Francisco Seals is the one that's winning the poll. So really, yeah. I, I, I got bad news on them. That one's up in Second Lake. All right. I was thinking of getting it, but when you told me the twenty one from Milwaukee Braves is there, I said we're good. Uh, all right, good. So you'll you'll have to wear the Milwaukee Braves one. It's it's similar to my situation. I have the Bobby Mercer Ron Bloomberg Sports Illustrated cover that I think Bloomberg autographed for me, but it's somewhere in storage right now, and I'm not <laughs> and I'm not running to get it before tonight, unfortunately. Um, but yes, you know, so you'll you, we may have a different uniform by default tonight, but we'll find out at the beginning of the show. Uh, everyone, tune in and enjoy Zoom ID starts at seven thirty tonight. Eight one four three five three five zero six four password is lowercase jmam uh, brought to you by Rosenbaum Financial Services taxcpa2.com taxcpa2.com Ralph a big thank you to you for the idea and a big thank you for uh, to you for uh, being a, a sponsor and a big thank you to you for uh, joining us tonight we're looking forward to it it is my pleasure and i hope everybody tunes in and uh, excuse me tunes in zooms in and in, inhales what ron has to say and and, and inhales what uh, what, Mr. what Steve Adelsberg has to say, because, Steve, let me give you a, a Yasha Koch. I heard you uh, when I mentioned to uh, Nachum about it, when I think you were on a month or two months, when, whenever it was, two months ago, and you, your knowledge of baseball and things in Jewish in sports, wow, I was, I was <laughs> overwhelmed by that. <laughs> boy, oh, boy. <laughs> Steve, and by the way, Steve, your folks you know, are- me, and Ralph, me and Ralph Dobbin from the same sitter. <laughs> We're feeling very good. It's after the 15th of October. We Dobbins from the same city. <laughs> That's right. That's right. First is April 15th, and then it's October 15th. Right. We get, we get that. Right. More coming up. It's Thursday, JM in the AM. Um. <laughs> If God a t-shirt
JM in the AM with Shal Shellis coming home. Thursday morning broadcast. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, tonight, Mark Zomik has an incredible uh, Erev Shabbos show. Uh, happening at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, at 3 a.m. Eastern Time, and at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Yeah, three times you could hear it. And by the way, there are people who hear it three times. No joke. There are people who listen to it every opportunity they can get. Uh, so here's what Mark had to say regarding tonight's show. Uh, he's doing an oldie show in honor of Ms. Yushalach's 11th uh, of Mar Cheshvan Yartzeit. Oldies will include the Rabbi Sons, Ruach, Mordechai and David, Avram Fried, and many more. Uh, all brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Tomorrow, it's going to be a, a not only the Erev Shabbos show in the morning, but you'll have the uh, Erev Shabbos music mix all day long. And the final hour, a special edition of the final hour at about a quarter to five Eastern time with uh, Diaspora, Isaac Bitone, Jep, a whole bunch of great material. So make sure to be tuned in. All brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. And um, a, an amazing opportunity to just tune in and hear some great programming for an era of Shabbos. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. Modern, better for you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus other, many other unique items. Uh, visit the website at kosherdogs.net. Enjoy a 10% discount with promo code radio and try A&H today. Remember, we're trying to get people jobs. Uh, resume at nachomsegel.com is the um, email address. Resume at nachomsegel.com. That is the email address. Um, anything in the Jewish not-for-profit professional realm gets passed on to our friends at the Joel Paul Group. Everything else, we try our hardest to find an employer uh, that we can match you up with. Really as simple as that. Um, get us the resume as soon as you can. Resume at NahumSiegel.com. Again, that's resume at NahumSiegel.com. And uh, we'll try to take care of that as soon as possible. Tomorrow, it's the weekly update. Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us tomorrow here on the air at JM and the AM, about 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time. We call it the weekly update. I hope you'll be with us tomorrow morning. Fridays are pretty amazing here at JM and the AM and the Malcolm Siegel Network, so... Why not? Achenu be Israel and Achim. I know that. If for no other reason, right? Why not? Achenu be Israel and Achim. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Round the world, the web at AchimSiegel.com and the AchimSiegel Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Thursday here at JM in the AM. Full schedule coming up including our live lunch between 11 and 1. And uh, the Erev Shabbos show tonight starting at 7 p.m. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Make sure to stay tuned in. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Alchem Siegel reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.